is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 136. I'm Tyler Fenwick, joined by Derek Devine. Derek, I know it's been a busy week with you moving. How has everything been? Things are going well. Moved into my first home with the wifey. So you're a homeowner. I'm a homeowner, and it feels good. Um, You know, last weekend was a lot of... um, you know, it's filled with a lot of positivity in all life aspects, except for, of course, the Michigan game. Right. So, you know, between me being busy earlier this week and me being upset about the result of Saturday, that is why we are recording for the first time on Thursday this week. We are trying a new early week model. But yeah, you know, when you move your life and you move into a home and you're, you know, depressed from a Michigan Michigan State matchup. <laughs> You delay things and, you know, just let the, the wound heal a little bit. Yeah, life happens. I was going to say it was actually really fortunate that uh, you moved and were busy because, uh, I mean, I really didn't want to get on here and talk about the Michigan State game. I'm sure you didn't either. So probably just uh, best to move on from that one, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, Michigan's got Indiana coming up here saturday that's a noon game on fs1 if you if you pay attention to to numbers and and the analytics on this one it's kind of all over the place michigan is a three and a half point favorite over under here is 54 um fpi gives iu though like a 50 almost seven percent chance to win this one and then you go over to bill Connolly's sp plus and he's got the wolverines 55 percent chance to take this one uh at 2.1 points so uh i'm sure betters are staying away from this one because not totally uh i I don't think you can be confident here one way or the other but you know as fans as people who are emotionally invested in this thing like how are you feeling uh as michigan gets ready to play an iu team that we traditionally look at it's sort of that perennial underdog that can that can scare you, but almost never actually does. Of course, that's kind of changed this year. Uh, IU knocked off Penn State in week one, beat Rutgers week two. This is a 2-0 IU team ranked number 13. Uh, do you feel different about the Hoosiers this year? Yeah, I mean, I think we you know always feel like it's a trap game. Um, it's always a game where you feel like you know Indiana's due uh, just because it's been so many years since they've one and they've only won nine times total i believe in the series um so yeah you you look at that and you say you know you know indiana's overdue for a victory they've been close in in a couple of uh, years i think 2017 there's an overtime game that michigan won on the road um there have been games where indiana had it won and michigan came back games where michigan let indiana hang around this year's unique though i think the hoosiers are a better team uh, I think, you know, they are the better team in this game, according to the rankings, according to, you know, some spreads, depending on where you look, um, some percentages. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup, I think. I think this will be a really good football game. Uh, you know, I don't mind watching an entertaining football game. I, you know, I miss the the idea of Michigan being 2-0 going into this game and, and it really just being nothing but a trap game. Uh, but yeah, this is a game based on how Michigan played against Michigan State and how Indiana has played so far 
uh, and especially in that win against Penn State, that you know, Indiana could easily be the favorite in a lot of people's eyes and could easily win this ball game. So this is a you know a different feel, uh, and I want to give most credit to Indiana rather than just assuming Michigan's gonna you know play as poorly as they did last week. And I think they will play better um, than they did against Michigan State. At least I hope so. But yeah, I'll give credit where credit's due. I think Indiana looks like they are a top 25 team, at least thus far in the season. Yeah, you're right. Uh, nine wins for Indiana in this series all time. Michigan has 59. The last time IU won was 1987. That game was in Bloomington. Uh, Bo Schembechler, of course, was coaching Michigan, and Bill Mowry was on the other sideline. That overtime game, I'm almost positive it was 2015, because I, I, I think that was Jake Rudock slinging the ball around to J.U. Chesson. And then that one went, and I'm looking at the score here. It doesn't say overtime, but 48 41. I'm pretty sure 2015 was the overtime game. But yeah, anyway, you know what? You're right on that. And okay, that, that was overtime as well. But yeah, there was also overtime in 2017. Really? Uh, Karan Higdon ran. Oh my uh, gosh, yeah. For a, I think a 25 yard touchdown on the first I was play. there. I was yeah, there. Yeah, you I were forget? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there. That's a little that. embarrassing. Yeah. I might okay. have been back in the volunteer days. Yeah, we. I can't even think of the name of the place we volunteered at. What was it? I honestly, you don't know. Either. I don't know. I know John O'Corn played terrible that day, and I remember you texting me. I think he threw for like twelve yards. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> Higdon had a day. That's when you know yeah. you really knew that Karan Higdon could be something special. I think he had you know two hundred yards and multiple touchdowns, but. Yeah, I mean, that was an uh, overtime game as well. So, yeah, since okay. 2015, at least two. We're probably missing one. Who knows? Jeez, yeah. Uh, Michigan's on a 24-game win streak here. Part of what we're trying to do today in this show is, like, wrap up some of the existential Michigan stuff as we talk about IU. And, you know, maybe it won't work out the way we think it will, but it seems appropriate because um, – People are looking at Michigan and Jim Harbaugh right now and wondering, like, what is the future of that program? What's the future of the coach? I want to throw this to you, Derek. Um, does the Go Blue crew have a position on what Michigan should do with Jim Harbaugh? I don't think so officially, but, you know, it's we're entering the territory where we, I guess, better come up with one. Because, what about Lenny? Does Lenny have a position? I hear him back there. Yeah, Lenny just showed up. He is very angry about this weekend um, and probably leaning towards uh, hopefully a brighter Michigan future, um, maybe without head coach Jim Harbaugh. I'm on record as saying um, I don't think any Big Ten coach should be fired this year because of all the things that have been outside of, of uh, their control this season. So. You know, I I guess to be true to that, like I, I don't think uh, Jim Harbaugh should be fired. I don't think any Big Ten coach should be fired for their performance this season. So that's my position. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you 100% on that because I just think it's a unique year. I do think it's a little harder to swallow with what happened with Michigan State because you look at their situation in the loss against Rutgers. I mean, you, were, you had an, a team that already always has had a chip on its shoulder always gotten up and played their best ball against Michigan, even in down years, um, except for last year, maybe. And I think you kind of looked at that last year contest. Here we are talking about it, and we weren't going to. 
But I think why it's become such a national story, as it is any time Jim Harbaugh loses to a rival, is because, you know, that first week looked like Michigan was a top-five caliber team and that Michigan State was a bottom five in all of FBS. And then next thing you know, the Spartans beat Michigan and, you know, Minnesota all of a sudden looks terrible. And, you know, Indiana's now beat Rutgers, who beat Michigan State, who beat Michigan, and, you know, it's classic Big Ten right there. And so I don't think that, you know, this is the season to get rid of anyone, like you said. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, if you lose to Indiana, if you start losing other games, then, yeah, maybe – you start to feel differently because Michigan's got to respond this weekend. I don't want to call it a must win in a, in a pandemic season of if eight games, nine, I guess total, but this feels already like a must win situation just for the national narrative. I guess where I'm at is like, even though I have that position at, at a certain point, I can't really defend you anymore. Um, if, if they're calling for your, if they're calling for your head, they want you to be fired. Like, uh, you know, at a certain point, I like there's not much I can do or say to um, calm the masses, and so uh, I I won't have a pitchfork myself. But I, you know, somewhere down the road, I mean, if things keep going south, I I won't be able to stand in their way. And you know, one of the things that makes me nervous about this Indiana game is that Jim Harbaugh teams uh, traditionally struggle against mobile quarterbacks and that's what they're going up against and Michael Penix Jr. coming off a knee injury um, if you watch Indiana games uh, the first two this season he's still definitely capable of of getting out of the pocket and making things happen with his legs I mean they beat Penn State because he scrambled and made like a ridiculous diving play toward the pylon like uh, a play of the year caliber you know kind of play and but he does look a little bit more hesitant I think um, compared to to last year before he got hurt, it's still something to be worried about, though. And I, you know, I just wonder, like, is Michael Penix Jr. the type of quarterback who's going to be be able to come out here and and really expose Michigan's defense? We know that the secondary got exposed against Michigan State. Um, you know, what is Penix able to find out there to exploit? He's got a good receiver in Wap Fillier, and. Um, of course, this is WHOP, so settle down. But that's going to be something that, that I'm kind of nervous about because if if he's able to do some big things, I, I know we're going to be right back in this uh, in this same boat talking about, gosh, like uh, apparently all you got to do to beat Jim Harbaugh is uh, get a mobile quarterback and like a halfway decent receiving court, even though that's not, not what Michigan State had. But like this is a proven formula against Michigan the last handful of years. Yeah, it really is. And Indiana's always had type of offense, even under different coaching staffs, where you're kind of worried about, you know, the spread and, and what that would do to Michigan's defense. And, and you know, with more capable players, um, receiving core, running back group, that's good, and, and a very capable quarterback, like you mentioned. I mean, you worry even more, which is why this is, you know, officially turned from a track game to, Michigan technically being the underdog, according to the rankings. Um, I think one of the things, too, to point out is Indiana's defense is playing really well. Um, they are, I mean, they're allowing points, but so is every defense this year. Um, but they're 2-0. They're and oh. um, they've, they've looked better than years past, at least in the, the Penn State game that I saw. 
I know that there's uh, people on the IU side that think it's one of the better defenses they've had in a while. So again, just making them more of a complete team and, and honestly deserving of the ranking that they have top 15 in the nation. Um, so if you look at their defense mixed with some of the offensive components, especially the mobile quarterback, I think that spells trouble for Michigan and why this is probably going to be, you know, uh, maybe not an overtime game, uh, but very well could be. Um, one of the things I look at is, you know, total yards um, seem to be in the favor of Michigan. Um, yards allowed are only 20 yards apart. Points per game are exactly the same, 36.5. Points allowed, Michigan's allowed um, 25.5, Indiana 28. So those are very similar. These teams, you know, have similar strengths um, and I, I believe even similar weaknesses. So when you look at this, it's probably the most even matchup you're going to see between Michigan and Indiana, um, obviously, in, in quite some time because Indiana hasn't won since the 80s. And and hopefully, you know, Michigan can turn it on and not lose to, to trash teams like what Michigan State appeared to be in week one. Uh, and, you know, this turns back into that, ooh, could be a loss. Uh, but this year, you know, it's just hard to be confident after what you saw in week two. But I think there are, you know, some keys that will definitely help Michigan win. Uh, it's just whether or not they can execute them. Yeah, this is not the Indiana defense that used to show up and just get run all over. Uh, the secondary is pretty strong. That was, um, I mean, you could you could throw all over this team as Jake Rudock did in 2015. Uh, that's not the case anymore. That's a good defense. That's a good secondary. I think uh, the secondary, I think corners came up with like two sacks last week against Rutgers. I'm remembering that off the top of my head, so I could be wrong. But but they came with some corner blitzes that were effective, and you know I think that that's safe to say. I might be wrong on the numbers. It's just uh, you know something that that Michigan's offensive line is is going to have to be very careful of this uh, this weekend. When you look at at I'm going to go back to Michael Penix Jr. just for for one more quick thing. When you look at at like the way he plays, it reminds me a little bit of Joe Milton. Uh, Penix has a has a very strong arm. You don't see him go downfield a whole lot, and you know, similar to Joe Milton, who who uh, you know, appears to just not really have the accuracy to go downfield right now, uh, frankly. But he's somebody who can who can uh, you know, put some mustard on the ball. He can fit it into windows. He he made a really uh, really good throw against Penn State in that on that final drive that that tied the game. And as as much as I as much as I look at him and think, yeah, that's a that's a raw talent, and maybe he gets a little a little shaken up or something. He's very good, and and I. I think IU, especially, um, you know, under Tom Allen. By the way, did you know Nick Sheridan is the offensive coordinator at IU? I did. I did know that. Um, I actually was reminded of it today. Um, but, but, yeah, it was more of a, oh, yeah, I forgot he, he was there. But, yeah, Nick Sheridan, first year, right? Um, first year offensive coordinator who was yep. coaching the quarterbacks has been there for a few years, as well as Mike Hart. Mike Hart's been there for oh, yeah. quite a few years now, too. Uh, at running back, okay, this is something I noticed today, which you know, is, is kind of funny, honestly. But Hassan Haskins, Michigan's leading rusher, 14 carries, 138 yards this year. Stevie Scott, the third uh, at IU, also has 138 yards, but he's needed 41 carries to get there. Hassan Haskins also has three touchdowns. Scott has two. I know it's two games, and you know I'm not going to make a huge deal out of this, but I think it does demonstrate 
that even though I think Stevie Scott is a pretty good running back, uh, it's not Jordan Howard back there anymore. Yeah, you know, this he he did a number on Michigan again. I think we keep going back to 2015. I don't know why, but uh, you know he he really he he tore up Michigan, and I I, I don't see the running game being quite that strong uh, this weekend against Michigan. But God, who knows? If if I have to eat that one, I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, I mean Stevie Scott um, been around for a while. Samson James, another running back that's been on the field quite a bit. Um, I would say, and I know we'll, we'll talk keys and matchups, but I, for me, I'll, I'll just go with a key and I have, you know, two of them both to do with the rushing. I think Michigan's been good at stopping the run for the most part. Um, I feel like, you know, if, if you're looking at the Michigan state game, they didn't have a lot of success on the ground. Um, obviously Minnesota did, but, um, you know, th- I think talented running back and just, you know, they really limited Tanner Morgan through the air, but Michigan State didn't get it going on the ground, nor did they need to because they threw all over Michigan. So Michigan's run defense, if you look at what they're, you know, in two games, it averages out to be better than Indiana's. Um, and I think Michigan's ability to run the ball is a key. That's something that they were missing against Michigan State um, that they did find against uh, Minnesota without any problem. And so, you know, if it's someone like Son Haskins having, you know, just a handful of carries and, and big numbers. Um, you know, it's just whatever running back it is, just being efficient, getting a running game going, which will ultimately lead to more success for Joe Milton. But yeah, I think if you can stop Indiana, um, it's run game and you can get your run game going. That's a key. Uh, and it's going to be up to both quarterbacks, two talented quarterbacks uh, to, to win the ball games for their clubs. Hey, this has caught my eye. How about 72 degrees in Bloomington on Saturday? Love it. I, you know, it's been a great, beautiful week in general. You know, anytime you are into November and, and getting 70s on a football Saturday uh, in the Midwest, I mean, you've got to, you got to feel pretty good about that. No, I disagree. I, I think football needs to be played in, in the sleet. It needs to be about 33 degrees. It needs to be at a, a natural field. You could sling up the mud. That's that's how I think football should be played. I, you know what? This reminds me of Michigan Indiana game, of course. Because why yeah. else? Why else we talk about they? There was a year that I went. It was a three thirty game, and it started in the sun, and it ended with a snowball. And I think it was like a seventeen to ten game. Um, I think was that twenty to ten, something like that. Okay. I, I I couldn't I'm trying to flip through my tabs to find all those games it's not even worth my time I don't know why I'm doing that um speaking speaking of the running game yeah I think you're right very important for Michigan to get that going if for no other reason then you can't have Joe Milton uh back there throwing the ball as many times as he did against Michigan State that's just not really fair to him do you think uh Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh look looked at the tape and realized uh, against Michigan state, you know, Hey, we missed some opportunities to, to get, uh, to get horizontal here with the run game rather than trying to go between the tackles as often as they did Blake Corum's touchdown run. Obviously that was one that bounced to the outside. Uh, it seems like that was missing. Do you think there's a bit more of an emphasis on that? Even though Indiana's defense, uh, you're not going to be able to just like out talent them, uh, as you might have been able to do in the past, but do you think that's something they'll try to do a little more of on Saturday? 
I mean, you have to. If you look at last week, um, you know, you were a 25-point favorite, uh, and you, you lost by three to a team that had no business beating you. And I think one of the biggest problems was the lack of efficiency and execution on third down. Um, and because the first down and second down, you know, it was third and long almost every single time, if not every single time when Michigan got to third down situation. And a lot of that was, you know, second and 10, not going horizontal with the run game and in getting stuffed in the middle for a one uh, yard gain, two yard gain, maybe sometimes even a tackle for a loss. And so you've got to find a way to go horizontal. Um, it was very frustrating to see, you know, I think not as well of a called game. Now I think Michigan State's defense is better than Minnesota's and played lights out, but it felt like a, you know, we're going to ground and pound like Jim Harbaugh loves to do, and it wasn't working, and it felt like nothing was changing as the game went on. There was no adjustment. It was still, you know, handoff up the middle on second down to try to create space. There were a couple of plays where it worked efficiently, but, yeah, I mean, you have so much speed. Uh, one of my keys and, and kind of highlights from Minnesota was I was impressed with the true freshmen. Um, the true freshmen all have speed. I think speed and space – was not shown effectively against Michigan State. And so, yeah, finding a way to get the run game horizontal, getting some of the receivers um, the ball on some touches or shovel passes is key because if, if, if Indiana is going to, you know, stuff the run up the middle, then the Michigan's not going to be effective if they can't find a way to do something else. All right, let's get to the finish line here with our matchup. We're looking forward to a key to the game and a prediction. I'll start with the matchup. Uh, I'm looking at Wap Fillier, the rest of Indiana's receivers, and Michigan's secondary. I think um, if, there, if there are two straight weeks of, of just getting torched, there's going to be some serious things to, to evaluate there for Don Brown and that defense. We are not used to worrying about the secondary. We're not used to worrying about the corners, but that's exactly where we are right now. And they need a bounce back in a, in a terrible way. Uh, not good when you get exposed by Rocky Lombardi and a freshman receiver. You know, no disrespect uh, to the Spartans. Uh, they, they've won. But, man, that's just – that is not good when, when it's Rocky Lombardi out there just making you look silly. And so I want to see what kind of adjustments are there. Are there really no adjustments? I mean, that would, that would set a lot of people off, I think. But I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing – that matchup because Michigan just desperately needs to figure some things out on the back end uh, before that defense can, can be reliable. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, offensive line uh, versus defensive line for a matchup. Something that I've, you know, focused on before. I think the way Michigan's offensive line opened holes for the running game, whether it was inside, outside, you name it uh, was, you know, extremely effective uh, against Michigan state that was non-existent and that was probably the most frustrating part to see Michigan have so much running success. And I've already kind of mentioned that as my key, um, you know, both, both run games, um, uh, run offense and run defense for Michigan. So yeah, go ahead with your key. Okay. So key to the game here, I think is don't, and I, I mentioned this before, but don't make Joe Milton feel like he has to be a hero. Uh, he, I thought, was very mature in his comments after the Michigan State game, you know, you know, taking all the blame. And that's what you kind of expect from a quarterback. 
Um, but but he shouldn't have to be in that situation. He should be able to to hand the ball off to a good stable of running backs and watch them do a lot of work and take something off his shoulders. He should be able to to hit some of those receivers on on some shorter routes and and let them do their work in space. Even though I think at some point uh, down the road, Michigan is going to be hurt by the fact that Joe Milton just apparently like hasn't developed uh, the touch on his deep ball. He's still made some some pretty good throws, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield. I just think it's not nearly consistent enough. And I also don't see a receiver who's really able to take the top off of a defense. This is something we talked about preseason. It's like, you know, yeah, those are talented receivers, but like who's going to be able to really stretch the field? Uh, so far, nobody. And so you have to be able to rely on on a combination of some other pieces to make it so that Joe Milton uh, isn't back there thinking, gosh, you know, I got to be perfect on this driver. I got to be perfect in this quarter. That's a recipe for disaster, uh, not because he's a – uh, bad quarterback or anything like that it's just you know he's about to make his third start and we we just can't expect that from him so what is your prediction for this one i'm gonna go with michigan bounce back win um you know like i said at the beginning of the episode it feels like indiana's always do um they've had their chances i think they'll have a chance in this game but i'm gonna go 30 for michigan and 24 for indiana Okay, thir- uh, let me write that down as I've been doing 30. You said 30, 24, right? Yep. Okay, I'm taking IU in this one. Um, I think that defense over in Bloomington is much better than what we've seen in the past. Good enough uh, to kind of keep some clamps on Michigan, especially if they're not able to get anything big to pop and if the play calling is as stubborn or you know, even as close to stubborn as it was against Michigan State. So um, I, I can't see Michigan putting up a bunch of points in this one. And and you know, at the same time, even though I I, I can't see Indiana having as much success going vertical in the passing game as Michigan State had, um, I think it's still something there to expose. And I think I think uh, Michael Penix Jr., I think Stevie Scott, and I think uh, Wap Fillier, you know. The, the, the playmakers on that team will be able to, to find enough big plays against uh, a struggling Michigan defense to, to get it done. I'm taking Indiana 31, and I've also got Michigan at 24. So, so we're very close uh, again on our predictions. I just wanted to you know, make it known. You've predicted two losses so far this season. So if things followed your schedule, you know, after this week, and Michigan could be one and two, you'd, you'd have the losses mixed up. But, you know, you've yeah. predicted Michigan go one and two so far this year. You know, I mean, the, I know. You wouldn't I have like done this. I don't think you would have done this if, if last weekend was what it no. was supposed to be. No, I wouldn't have. If Michigan had had played well for a second week in a row, um, No. I think we'd still be heaping this praise on IU for like finally turning that corner and no longer just being like an interesting, entertaining team in the East. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That I, w- I would not have picked a loss at, at Michigan just taking care of business last week. But yeah, I think 
I think I, my confidence in in this team and especially this defense right now is just so shot that uh, it really feels like this is this might be the year Indiana gets this long coveted win. And by the way, I mean, of course, I, I live in Indiana. I live in Indianapolis, and so I know a lot of IU people, and they're talking about this game like like this is the biggest game in years for IU because oh, yeah. if you can knock off Michigan. That means in, in two of the first three games of this season, uh, you've taken out those two teams that have been like kind of creeping behind Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And and IU would be in be in position to, you know, I not that I, not that it would happen, but you know, they'd be in position to like run the table on this one and you know, win the East. I know it's kind of a pipe dream, but just the fact that they would be in that position is is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would like this is a I mean crazy claim because you can't I can't prove this, but I would I think I would have predicted a similar score even if Michigan had won last week, just because I I do honestly think that Indiana's a, a great team. What I'm hoping to see overall, as just as a final thought, is is Michigan, you know, look like a team that was overhyped um, and played like a team that thought that they were going to. Know, do no wrong and even if it was close they were going to beat Michigan State just kind of felt that way all the way through energy seemed down you know some of the things that we we've talked about with Jim Harbaugh teams in the past Michigan State played out of their minds and you know all credit to them I think that this is a bounce back game for Michigan and I'm hoping you know even though I think it would have been a close game this weekend no matter what I'm hoping that we can start to see you know, maybe not quite what we saw against Minnesota, but, you know, more than we saw against Michigan State to to prove that, hey, you know, Michigan is a solid team. Yes, they had a letdown. Yes, it was unfortunate it came against Michigan State. But, you know, one thing that Jim Harbaugh hasn't always had a ton of success doing is beating ranked teams on the road. And even with a loss to Michigan State, which is an absolute embarrassment, if you beat Indiana, you've beaten two ranked teams on the road in your first uh, three games of the season. And you know what? That's one of the things that's a knock on Harbaugh as well. It'll be overshadowed by the Michigan State probably for the next 10 years. But it's a chance to beat a ranked team on the road, even in a pandemic-led season. So, you know, hopefully that can happen and get Michigan back on the right track. Hey, I hope I uh, incorrectly picked another loss. Don't forget, everyone, this is a 12 o'clock Eastern kickoff on FS1 this Saturday. The game is in Bloomington. 72 and sunny is is the forecast as of Thursday night. So uh, even though I, I firmly believe this is not football weather, uh, you know, maybe maybe the warmer weather sparks the Wolverines uh, offense. And I don't know, maybe maybe it means something. Let's hope so. So we'll catch you next week to talk about this one. And then, of course, we'll look ahead at the rest of the schedule until then. Go blue. Go blue.